Man, we're going to have our men come real quickly, and we're going to take up our evening offering. If you want to get it, as we're taking the offering, if you want to go ahead and get in your Bible to Acts chapter number 8, and then, um, in fact, let's do this. Let's go ahead and stand together. We're going to uh, just read a couple verses of this passage. We read it this morning. We're going to reference a few of them um, tonight as we finish this message, uh, but we'll pick it up here in verse number 35. And uh, then we'll read through the rest of the chapter here. Uh, Acts 8.35, Then Philip opened his mouth, began at the same scripture, and preached unto him Jesus. As they went on their way, they came into a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, Well, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Philip, <laughs> the Philip, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Astus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Uh, let's pray, and uh, we'll pray for the offering and the message, and then we'll go ahead and give. I'll pray tonight. Lord, thank you for uh, the service thus far. And uh, thank you for the great testimonies we heard from the ladies. Thank you for the memory verses uh, that we heard from the children. And uh, thank you even for the testimony of the Jim Elliott. And uh, Lord, his life, though he's dead, yet he still continues to speak and encourage us. And uh, his faithfulness and his desire to serve you and deal with difficulties along the way. Uh, Lord, now as we uh, turn our attention to your word, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts and also, I pray that you bless the offering, the gift, and the giver in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you give. You may be seated. I appreciate the music uh, today, ladies, and uh, Brother Randy, it's great to have him back from Singapore, and I uh, appreciate him being willing to uh, have kind of a full day today, uh, in spite of his jet lagness, I'm sure is there, uh, but uh, I appreciate him being willing to step in, and uh, I appreciate that. Well, this morning we uh, started this message, What Doth Hinder Me?, and we talked about many different hindrances that there are to following God, and and uh, just by way of review, to bring us back up to speed, uh, we mentioned the fact that the devil does indeed want to hinder us from following God's will for our life. And uh, we talked about uh, seven of them. We mentioned pride is a hindrance in our life. Um, and uh, when we allow pride to creep into our hearts, 
it does indeed hinder us from following God's will for our life. Um, we talked also about sinful baggage, and in fact, uh, you know what, to get a full picture of this, we got to go ahead and recreate this. I don't see Brother Brent, but uh, brother, brother Clint, where did he go? So he's not here. Okay, he was here, but he maybe heard that I was going to do this. But uh, we're not going to recreate it. But sinful baggage, uh, the let it lay aside every weight and the sin which just so easily beset us. We can all allow things into our life that will, uh, maybe not bad things, but things that will uh, hinder us from moving forward and taking the next step in our Christian life. And then we also talked about procrastination, putting things off until a more convenient time, a more uh, a time when, when things kind of settle down a little bit, and, and we wait to take those steps for the Lord until things are just right in our mind. And, and the thing is, is they will not always, or very rarely, will they ever feel 100% right. You just have to step forward. And we talked about procrastination, and then also the love of the world. We also mentioned the love of money. Uh, uh, sixthly, we mentioned fear uh, causes hindrances as well, and then also bitterness. So the question for all of us is, what has been hindering us from following the Lord in our lives? The Ethiopian eunuch in this passage said, hey, I want to get baptized. I want to take the next step for the Lord. Whatever's hindering me, I want to remove that hindrance in order to be able to follow God for my life. So we talked about the hindrances to following God, and secondly, this evening, I want to share with you the heart to follow God. There was absolutely a heart uh, that is evident in this passage of someone who wanted to follow God to the point where they were willing to remove any type of hindrance, whatever that was. And uh, there was a heart to follow the Lord's will, someone who had a real desire, a passion to do what God wanted in their life. Who had a heart to follow God? Well, first of all, we see that the new convert had a heart to follow God. In, uh, in again, verse number 36, as they went on their way, they came into a certain water. And the eunuch said, hey, what doth hinder me to be baptized? Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Well, verse 38, that hindrance had been removed. His faith in Christ was there, and so now it was time for him to get baptized. And so, verse 38, they commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. So this man, after hearing about who Jesus Christ was and all that he did for him, desired to take the next step and was willing to remove any hindrances in order to do so. Now, what's next for me? I want to do that. He had a heart to follow God. Whatever that was uh, for him, he wanted to do it. I want to encourage all of us to have that same heart to follow God. Whatever God wants me to do, hey, I want to do it. Hey, if it means removing hindrances, so be it. I'll remove those hindrances. And we see that here in, uh, in, in, in the new convert, this brand new baby Christian who had a heart to follow God. And uh, there may be some uh, younger People in the faith here, uh, you may not be younger in uh, human years, uh, but uh, there, if you're a baby Christian, a, a new convert, uh, look, have this heart to say, hey, whatever God wants me to do, let me do it. Let me take the next step. If it's getting baptized, 
let me take that step. If it's joining the church, let me take that step. If it's starting to give, let me take that step. I have a, I, this man had a heart to follow God. And I want to encourage all of us to have that same heart, that whatever God wants me to do next, I'm willing to do it. And uh, by the way, just, this isn't exactly uh, related to the message, but it is interesting that uh, uh, verse number 37 is a key verse in this passage. And uh, in the King James, verse 37 is here. But in several other versions of the Bible, verse 37 is strangely missing. And so you basically go from uh, verse 36, See here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And then you go to verse 38, And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And so if your Bible is missing verse 37, I would say you need to get another Bible. Uh, the word of God here is, uh, verse 37 is a critical verse because Philip said, hey, the prerequisite for baptism is faith in Christ. If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And then he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And so that's uh, not necessarily related to the message here, but um, verse 37 is a key verse. And if your Bible is missing it, you need to get a different Bible. Uh, you need to get uh, a King James version of the Bible. Well, the new convert had a heart to follow God, but he's not the only one in this passage who had a heart to follow God. In this passage, we also see not only the new convert had a heart to follow God, but also the faithful Christian had a heart to follow God by the name of Philip. Philip. If you go back and look in verse number 26, here's what it says. The angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go towards the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And what did Philip do? What was his response to the Lord's leading in his life? Verse 27, and he arose and went. He obeyed. He had a heart to follow God. God was leading him, and he said, hey, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to be doing, that's what I want to be doing. So, verse 27, he arose and went. Okay, well, that's not the only time that this has happened in this passage. In verse number uh, 29, jump down there. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, after he gets to this dry, dusty desert, he says to Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot, where someone is sitting there and he's reading and he needs someone to explain the word of God to him. And what does Philip do with that? The Bible says, and Philip ran thither to him. He didn't wait. He didn't delay. He didn't say, let me pray about this and make sure it's really a sign from God. Let me throw out a few fleeces. No, he had a heart for God, a heart to follow God wherever and what, however God was leading him. There was no delay here, and he just took off. He bolted to go towards the Lord. I want to encourage all of us to do the same. Okay, well, that's not the only time in this passage that we see Again, there's a couple times we're going to see Philip here, and every time we're going to see him, we're going to see him wanting to uh, follow the Lord. Verse number 40, Acts chapter 8, verse 40. So after Philip leads this man to the Lord and, and, uh, and baptizes him, verse, verse 39 tells us that the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. You say, what, what's up with that? I don't know. <laughs> um. 
I don't know if it was like a New Testament version of when Enoch was no more. Uh, he was not, for God took him. Uh, but somehow the Spirit of the Lord was able to catch away Philip. And uh, verse number 40, the next time we see Philip, is he's in Astus. And I don't know if I'm saying that right, but that's how I'm going to say it. Azotust. Anyway, the Spirit of the Lord cut away Philip, and there he is. And what does he do as he makes his way back to Caesarea? Verse 40, And passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. So Philip had a heart to follow God. That's not, again, the first time that Philip, uh, we see Philip in the Scriptures. If you go back to Acts chapter 6 very quickly. Acts chapter 6 and verse 1, In those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may, whom we may appoint over this business. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Saying, please the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And here's that man, Philip. It doesn't say a lot about Philip in this little passage here. But all, we do know that the church was a very large church. Remember on Act, in Acts chapter 2 the, that on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people joined up with that, that body of believers. So now this church is uh, very large. And, and these apostles were uh, trying to focus on studying the scriptures and being able to communicate that to this new church family that was a bunch of baby Christians. And, and uh, there, there was some drama going on between uh, the, the, the Greek, the um, Gentile believers and the Hebrew believers. And, and uh, there was some drama going on there. And you see, drama has been going on since the beginning of church and... Uh, uh, I'd, I'd like it to end eventually, and it will one day, right? Um, anyway, they said, well, I want you to find out of all the people in that church, and, and who knows how, how, many, how large this church was at this point, probably, I would say, over four, maybe 5,000 people. I don't know exactly the number, but a very large number, and they said, I want you to find seven, seven of the best men who were honest they have an honest report and who are full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. And Philip was among those seven. That was pretty amazing to me. And, and so here we find him follow, having a heart to follow God and to do what's right. And he was chosen as one of the seven uh, first deacons. But, <clears throat> but what about the last time he's mentioned in the scriptures? Uh, very quickly, just go to Acts chapter 21. Acts chapter 21. The last time that Philip is mentioned in the scriptures, was he still, did he still have a heart to follow God? Well, I, I would say emphatically yes, and you can see the proof of it in, uh, as you look at his family. In verse number 8 of Acts chapter 21, it says, In the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed and came into Caesarea. We entered into the house of Philip the Evangelist, which was one of the seven, 
and abode with him. But then look in verse number 9. And the same man had four daughters. Wow. I am glad that God only gave us one. Because I could only handle one daughter. No, I'm thankful for faith. And I'm thankful for the ones that God gave me. But, but God gave Philip four daughters. And notice here, there, the same man had four daughters, virgins. So here was a dad who was leading his family and his daughters and his children to uh, live a godly and pure life. And then it says, which did prophesy. So these uh, girls were, uh, they had a heart to follow God as well. So it, it got transferred to not just him, but his children as well. And so here we have this faithful Christ, Christian who had a heart to follow God. And so every time we see Philip, we see him with a heart to do the will of God in his life. He didn't look for excuses to get out of doing the will of God. He actually, I think, looked for excuses and reasons to be involved in the work of God. Does that describe your heart regarding God's will? Or are you trying to run away from it? In Acts chapter 8, when the Spirit said, hey, go near and join yourself unto this chariot, he took off. He was excited. He had a passion. He had a heart to do the will of, of God in his life. D does, that ex does that describe you? Or it's like, here's something for you to do that we're clearly seeing the word of God. And it's like, uh, yeah, well, I've got this and I got that and I just can't. So you'll just have to excuse me on that one. Uh, Philip was looking for ways to serve the Lord and to do the next step in his Christian life. Whatever that was, he was so willing to do it, he had a heart for God. So we see here that the brand new Christian and the man who had been saved for a while both had a desire and a heart to follow the Lord. So for those who are baby Christians, if you have a heart to follow God, great. Never lose that heart to be obedient. But can I talk to those who have been around the block a time or two? I would say that that's probably a lot of us in this room today. We get to the point where we're like, okay, I've arrived. I've, I've been baptized, check. I give, check. Uh, I've been part of a church, check. And we're like, okay, I can kind of coast. And yeah, I'll encourage the new converts. But for me, I think maybe God stopped leading me. We would maybe never say that, but the truth is that's, how we act. We think, hey, we've arrived and God's no longer leading us in a, on a daily basis. But I want you to know, God is not done with you. God wants to continue leading and guiding you. And if you'll just listen and have a heart like Philip did that says, hey, wherever, uh, wherever I am, I want to do what God wants me to do. So don't think that your days of following the Lord are over. God's given you breath. He still has something for you to do. And continue to obey the Lord's leading in your life. Continue to have a heart to follow God. So there was a heart to follow God. But then I want us to see number three, and I love this thought here, the happiness of following God. Flip back to Acts chapter 8 very quickly. I love this in verse number 39. Well, verse 38, he commanded the chariot to stand still. They both went 
they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, and by the way, that's a great proof text for full immersion baptism. Uh, we believe as Baptists that uh, you're not baptized by pouring or sprinkling, but that you're baptized by full immersion. Every part of you goes underneath that water. It's the best picture, and, and really, uh, most of the time, you see baptism explained and, and uh, the details there. In this case, and in the case of Jesus Christ himself, when he was come up out of the water, it's a teaching that, hey, baptism needs to be done by full immersion. But notice here in verse 39, as we continue reading, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way super sad because he had, evolved, he had followed the Lord. No, that's not what it says. It says he went on his way rejoicing. Now, who was it who went away rejoicing? Was it the new converts who had just followed the Lord in baptism? Or was it this faithful Christian named Philip who got to be a part of leading this man to the Lord and baptizing him? Who went away rejoicing? Well, I would definitely say with conviction, the answer is yes. It was both of them. I can't help but think that both of them had rejoicing in their heart as they followed God. They took God, the next step in the Lord's will for their life. Now, as an honest Bible student, as I look at the context here and look at the grammar, I, I think that Luke, who is the human author of the book of Acts, uh, really meant the Ethiopian eunuch uh, went away, went on his way rejoicing. I think he was referring to the eunuch because it says here, he cut away Philip that the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his re way rejoicing, but Philip was found. I think if you read that and, and, and take some time to think through that, he was meaning the eunuch, this new convert, went away rejoicing. Uh, but I can't help but think that Philip did too. As he uh, finds himself there in Azotus, uh, he's, he's, he's like, wow, how did I get here? Uh, the Spirit of the Lord caught me away, and I am now here. I beam me up, Scotty, and here I am. And uh, I just can't help but think he was like, that was awesome. To be able to go and witness to this man who was uh, really of great authority under Candace's rule, the queen of Ethiopia, he was in charge of all her money. And, uh, and he, Philip had the opportunity to lead this man to the Lord. And, 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 and if you've ever had a chance to do that, you know what I'm talking about. You know the rejoicing that takes place when you have a, have a part in, in leading someone to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But then this, this new convert, he goes on his way rejoicing, knowing that, hey, he's now saved. He's now part of God's family. And he had followed the Lord in believer's baptism. He had followed Christ in the first step of obedience. It was great joy. Remember, uh, Joey, where's she at tonight? There she is. After getting baptized and joining the church a couple weeks ago, does anybody remember what she said? She said, I'm so happy. Here is a lady who followed the Lord. You know what? When you decide to take that step for Christ and going forward in, in your relationship with the Lord, 
brings happiness. It brings joy. You'll go away rejoicing. The Apostle Paul, who had a passion for following the will of God, dealt with a laundry list of trials and tribulations and thorns in the flesh along the way, but he wouldn't have traded it for anything. There is great joy in following the will of God. The Lord Jesus, our perfect example in following the will of the Father, it is said of him in Psalm 40 in verse number 8, I delight to do thy will. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. You see, he delighted in following the will of his Father. That's what his passion was. It brought him joy, and it will bring you joy as well. Does it, does it mean it will always be easy? No. Consider our Savior. Was it a cakewalk the entire time he followed the will of his Father? No, quite the opposite. You see, he was despised and rejected of men. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. And he was mocked, and he was humiliated. He was beaten. He was spit upon. He had his beard ripped out. He was tortured. He was nailed to an old rugged cross. He was crucified. And yet the Bible tells us that he still delighted to do the will of his Father. It still brought him joy when he was simply obedient. Every time I personally in my life have followed the Lord, it has brought me joy. I remember when I followed him to go to Bible college. It was a small little college that no one had heard about, and it was a brand new college that was just opening its door for the first time and asking a bunch of students who would just say, would you, would you trust us? We're a brand new college. My dad, he was a little hesitant and skeptical, but I knew that this is what God wanted me to do, and I showed up there on that first day, and I was filled with joy. I remember when God decided to call me into the ministry between my sophomore and junior year of Bible college. I knew that I wasn't fit for the ministry. I was not adequate for the ministry. I felt a lot like Moses did when God called him to deliver the nation of Israel out of Egypt. I said, yeah, well, and I began to give some excuses like, you can't use me because I'm, I'm not gifted. I'm not talented. I, I don't have a charismatic personality. And, and yet I decided, okay, Lord, but if you want me to do it, I will. And after I made that decision, it brought some real joy. And then when we get to, I get to Newport Beach and start serving there at Liberty Baptist Church, it, it brought me great joy. And then, of course, when God led in my life to marry my bride, that obviously brought tremendous joy and has brought joy ever since. When God called us to move up to and, and, and made it clear that his will for us was to move to Montana, we got there, boy, we were filled with joy because we knew that we were doing what God had called us to do. And then about three years into that season of our life, God made it clear that he was moving us from Montana to a place called Moore, Oklahoma. And it was like once, once Brother Randy said, hey, we'd like you to come and officially candidate to be our next pastor. There was tremendous joy in my heart, brother. 
and God brought us here. And I'm telling you, the last almost four years has been a joyful experience. Has it always been easy? Has, has there been trials and tribulations and thorns along the way? Yes. But overall, there's been tremendous joy. Why? Because following God brings joy. He went on his way rejoicing. So tonight, my question for you as we close this message is this. What happiness, what joy awaits you on the other side of obedience? Because it's on the other side of it. When you decide to take that next step of obedience, then you will go your way rejoicing, but not before you take that step. Giving and seeing the Lord provide for you in miraculous ways. That doesn't happen until you, by faith, step out and start giving. Witnessing. What are they going to think of me? Again, remove those hindrances and stop procrastinating and just go forward by faith and see God use you to do great and mighty things. Not for your glory, but for His. And being able to see how God can use you and, 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 then, and then the rejoicing that takes place afterwards. I'm telling you, so many Christians are missing out at the, on the end of verse number 39 because they're not willing to put those hindrances aside and to take that step of faith and to have that heart to follow God. And they miss out on verse 39b, and he went on his way rejoicing. There's a lack of rejoicing because there's a lack of stepping forward by faith and doing what God wanted them to do. So what is it that God wants you to do tonight. Maybe he spoke to you about that this morning. Can I encourage you to take that step of obedience? And when you do, you're going to go your way rejoicing. It's not a guarantee that everything's going to be hunky-dory. Going to Bible college wasn't an easy thing. Going into the ministry hasn't been always easy. Marrying my wife has been easy. Good save. You thought I was going to fall. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. But, and coming here, has it been easy? No, it hasn't been easy in every situation. There's been some real tears and real struggles. But there's rejoicing. There is joy and blessing and happiness for those who are obedient to our great God. So, what doth hinder me? What hinders you? Identify it, remove it, have a heart to follow God no matter what. And then there's going to be some happiness that's going to come your way when you step forward by faith. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the time today to study this passage. And there's more I... Maybe you should have, would have, could have said, but uh, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to um, consider this instance when two men were serious and had a heart to follow you, were willing to put away hindrances in their life.
to do what you've called them to do. And Lord, the result of that, the happiness, the rejoicing. God, I can't help but think that there's some great spiritual victories that are awaiting some of the people in this room. Some real rejoicing that will take place because they did what you called them to do. And so, Lord, I pray that each of us would have a heart to follow you, to put away hindrances, to be obedient. And I pray, Lord, you'd give strength and courage and boldness and faith to this church family, including myself. Help us, Lord, as a church to constantly and continually have a heart to follow you, to be sensitive to your leading, and to have a heart like Philip did, where he was willing to run towards it instead of run away from it. Our heads are bowed, our eyes closed. Uh, Miss Pat, if you would just begin playing. and We're just going to have a time of uh, prayer and, and decision this evening as you've considered the message this morning and tonight. I hope that you'll do business with the Lord as He has done business in your heart. stand together. We're going to sing I Surrender All, but Randy's going to lead us in that song as we uh, close this service tonight. <laughs>